I love when you post throwback outfit Oh my God, pictures. they're so scary. <laughs> they're so scary. Same, I mean, I think we all feel that. Like, what was I do? Like, why did people follow? Like, I don't understand. Like, I like did very bizarre poses, and I thought it was like it was art. We were it's concerning. We we were creating art. Yeah, it was art. Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas, and this is In House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In House. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of In House with me, Ariel Charnas. Recently, I had the great opportunity to chat with a fellow fashion blogger, Laura Wills, and I'm excited to welcome another incredible woman in the space, someone who took a similar path as I did with Something Navy, Rachel Parcell. Rachel herself is a CEO and creative director of her brand, Rachel Parcell Inc., which she founded in 2016. And not only is she passionate about her work, but is also a devoted mom, wife, sister, designer, and blogger of all things pink, pretty, and RP-approved. Through her namesake collections, creative content, and personalized brand partnerships, Rachel curates chic and romantic inspiration for your wardrobe, celebrations, travel, home decor, and individual style. Welcome to the podcast. Let's just start off with how you started the blog in 2010, right? Yes. So I started, essentially, I started an online journal to document my first year of marriage. I had no idea like what a fashion blog was or that it could be monetized. It was really just a space for me. I was, I don't know, it was like an easier way to journal. Yeah. Um, And then my friends and family followed it. And then shortly after we were featured on a, on the cover of a local um, bridal magazine and they I don't know, the girls in Utah found me through that, looked me up on Facebook because this is like before Instagram and all that. Looked me up on Facebook and found like my little blog spot link. And then they'd come and look at my pictures and they were much more interested in my lipstick shade and what I was wearing than what my husband and I were doing. Mm -hmm. And right around this time, Pinterest was kind of going viral. Everyone was on Pinterest So people would pin my outfits. So, you know, say a girl in Utah pinned my one of my outfits to her outfit board. And this wasn't even like a dedicated outfit post. It was just a picture of my husband and I on a trip or something. She would pin it to like cute vacation outfit idea. Um, And then her cousin in Texas would see it. And then her friend in California. So it was really Pinterest that kind of created this like massive ripple effect and really grew my audience. Right. Um, and then shortly after reward style reached out to me and said, Hey, you can actually monetize and make money. Um, you're driving clicks and sales. You can make a commission. I thought it was a total scam, but, um, a few months later I saw in my PayPal account that there was like $5,000 and I was just newly married at this time. I got married when I was 19. So I was like super young. So we were so young and poor. And anyway, I'm like, wait where did I get $5,000 from? And I figured it out that it was from reward style. And I was like, wow, like people are actually buying what I share. And at this point I, I was starting to share more like beauty and fashion content. Right. But I was shocked. I didn't really, I thought people maybe looked at it, but I didn't realize people were actually clicking and buying. 
And then, yeah, it was reward style that really where I was able to hone in on the fact that I could monetize it. And then within the first three months of um, joining the reward style platform, I was in their top 10 earning. That is so crazy. Yeah. So that's what kind of put me on the map in, I guess, the fashion blogging world. I think everyone was like, who is this random 20 year old (laughs) from Utah in the top 10 with like Blair Eady and all these other massive girls that were in like New York and LA and San Francisco. I think they were like, who is this girl from Utah? So anyway, that's kind of how it all started. Wait, can we go back? I can't believe you got married at 19. You were a baby. I know. I don't know. It's a thing in Utah. Well, so my husband was 25. How long were you dating for? (laughs) Was it so short? We dated for four months and then we were engaged for four months. Oh my God. I know. So we were, we were virgins when we got married. So I always tell everyone like we had to hurry up and get married. Right. We were going to do it. Like, right. That's so crazy. Were your parents like that too? Did they get married? Yeah. My mom got married, I think when she was 20. Like my mom got married at 23 and I always thought like, wow, that's so young. I know. You're lucky though. Like, I mean, it obviously worked out and he's like your best friend. Well, I ask my mom daily, like how, why did you let, I would never let my daughter get married at 19. Wait, really? You wouldn't, you wouldn't no, let her? that's <laughs> so young. I, I, I told Drew, I said, we got lucky. I didn't know you. You didn't know me. For all I know, you could that be a psychopath. That is crazy. Like, so, yeah. I mean, it did work out. We were best friends, but I could not believe that my mom let me get married at 19. But I will say Drew was 25. He was in his last semester in the business school. So luckily he was more established. I was just right. a child still. I mean, that's, it's kind of really nice. Well, I mean, I do think when you get married, you get serious about life really quick. And because yeah. I was 19, I had to figure it out. And I do think, I don't think There's I would have started my business. Right. If right. I think I would have still been like, doing the crazy single life instead of right. like focusing. And I mean, I would stay up till 3 a.m. every night working on my blog instead of like out, you know, right with friends. No, that's actually, that's true. I could, that's amazing. When did you start your blog? I started in 2009. Okay. Okay. The same, like the same time as you. I love when you post throwback outfit Oh my God, pictures. they're so scary. <laughs> they're so scary. Same. I mean, I- I think we all feel that. <laughs> like, what was I do? Like, why did people follow? Like, I don't understand. Like, I like did very bizarre poses, and I thought it was like cool and like oh, that same. I looked good. There's one of me in like this dress, and I'm jumping on my parents' tramp. Like, it's so bad. And like, it wasn't like we were trying to be funny. Like, we were really serious oh, yeah. about no, it was that picture. Dead serious. It was art. We were. It's concerning. We, we were creating art. Yeah, it was art. <laughs> Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. I have to do that again. I have to look back again. They're so funny. So let's talk about the brands. Oh, yes. Okay. Let's talk about how you began to build it. Like, was it something you always thought about doing or it kind of felt like next step as a blogger to like create an asset and like have a a brand? I feel like for me, when I would look through my analytics on reward style, I just thought to myself, okay, I can, I have a lot of selling power. I can sell other people's brands. 
why not sell my right. own? Right. But a few years after I started the blog, I realized, oh, may- no, maybe I really could start a brand. Right. And my agent came to me and she came to me and said, hey, you need to start something. And I was like, oh, that's so funny you say that. I, I really want to start a clothing brand and my best category through and through um, affiliate networks are it's dresses. Like that's what I sell right. the most of. And she was like, okay, well, I think you should start with jewelry and let's do a licensing deal and all of this. So anyway, I was super hesitant, but they kind of, I just thought, you know, they know more than me. So I'll do this jewelry licensing deal and that'll be great. So the first collection was all like custom designed. We launched it, sold out in minutes. And then the second collection, they were like, oh, let's just, you know, to not lose momentum because we haven't started on a second collection, let's just go buy stock jewelry from somewhere. And again, I was like super hesitant and I did not want to do that, but I thought they know more than me. I just didn't trust it. So I did that. And then the the factory that sold us one of the molds had sold another jewelry brand, that same mold. So we got personally on my doorstep, got cease and desist or something like that. It was like basically essentially a lawsuit. Oh my God. And honestly, I don't really even know what ended up happening with it. I think they settled. I didn't have to deal with it luckily because it was a licensing deal. So it was like the person in charge. Right. But I think that was the point. Like, I wasn't in charge. Like, I didn't really have say. And I think at That's that time, scary. I yeah. was still young and I didn't trust my gut. So I just kind of, if something felt off, I wouldn't speak up. I just, again, thought they know they know more than more. I do. So I called him up and I just said, listen, this is not working out. I don't want to continue in this. I'm, I'm not continuing in this. And I'm just going to start my own brand. So I literally started just sketching and Googling factories. I had no idea what I was doing. And then there was a local designer in Salt Lake, Tan France, who is now everyone knows Tan France on Queer Eye. But before that, this is before he was on Queer Eye, before anyone knew who he was. And he would send me his clothes to wear on my blog a lot. And I loved his fit. So when I got my first fit sample back, I tried, my little sister tried the dress on for me and the boobs were like so saggy. She was like, this is awful. If anyone buys it, they're going to return it. <laughs> so I called up Tan and I was like, hey, I'm starting this clothing brand. Like, I would love to go to lunch with you. And I, I just pitched him the idea and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we actually started Rachel Parcel together oh, wow. and he was my tech and fit designer for the first year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But that's like amazing. It's like, it's almost like fate, like how that worked out. I know. It's so crazy. And so now it's been what, four years, three years? Let's see. I started it in 2016. Oh, so it's, it's been a while. It's been six years. Yeah. Wow. That's so exciting. So what are like the most important lessons you feel like you've learned along the way that you could share with people? So I would definitely say like listening to my gut and being more confident in my ability to make decisions. I would, I feel like I would, I would get these gut feelings and I wouldn't listen to them. You would like push them away. Yes. 
And the older I got, the I've realized I need to trust that and trust myself and not think that someone, because they're older than me, or maybe they've been in the industry longer, trust that they might know more because I, right. I'm just as capable. And usually when I go against my gut and listen to someone that I think knows more than me, it, it never works. It out. never works out. So I wish I would have been more confident in myself and my decision-making from the beginning. Right. But I mean, I am grateful for all of it because I feel like which with each failure, you learn you so learn. much. Yeah. But also I think like I didn't know everything when I started. I didn't have it all figured out. I kind of just did it and I wasn't nervous to fail. Right. And I think a lot of people think they need to know everything before they start something or they need to, you know, have all their decks in a row and you're never going to feel like you're totally ready. And there's always something you can tweak and fix and make better. You just need to, you just need to start it and like take a chance. Yeah. I feel like all the things for me that have been successful were things that I didn't plan out. Like so strategic, like it kind of was just like, I went with my gut and I felt passionate about it. And that was it. Anything else that like was super like thought out and not saying that it's, you know, you, it's good to, you know, plan things out and have, you know, like a strategic, like business plan in place. But like, there are a lot of moments where I kind of just like let go and just go with my gut that have been my most successful moments. So I do understand like what you're saying with that. Yeah. So for people who don't know, can you talk about what the brand started out as and what it has grown into? Like it started out as dresses, but now you, you do more than that, right? So the first collection launched in the spring of 2016 came out with, I think we had like a seven piece collection sold out in a day. So then we started working on the second collection and I needed that revenue from the first collection to then start right. my second. Yeah. All self-funded literally started out of my kitchen pregnant with another baby on the floor while I'm like trying to figure <laughs> out what I'm doing. And then grew that for two years. And then one of the buyers from Nordstrom, one of the dress buyers actually DM'd me on Instagram and was like, hey, we need to get your dresses in the store. So I flew out to Seattle and I presented the collection to the dress buyers, but they also had NPG people in there. I don't know. Essentially, they were like, hey, instead of just purchasing or just buying the dresses through wholesale, would you want to do a partnership. Um, so we did that for two years. So we were, so I essentially, and this killed me, but I had to shut down my DTC channel for two years because we were all exclusive on Nordstrom. And through that, we were able to launch into multiple categories. And that was nice because I was able to test yeah, different categories worked. and see what worked, what didn't work. And then in December of 2019, that contract ended and I was so looking forward to, to operating like a traditional brand, having a wholesale channel, having our DTC channel and getting all my decks in a row, getting ready to, you know, launch my spring collection on my own. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh my gosh, no one's buying dresses. Oh, it was like a frightening situation. But again, in that situation, I was just like, okay, I just need to keep on. Power through. Yeah. yeah. So I power through. And luckily now people are buying dresses. Oh, yeah. Big time. 
And then I hired a VP of sales who went out and started really growing the wholesale channel. So now we're at Saks, Nordstrom, Anthro, Dillard's, um, and some specialty stores. That's so incredible. Yeah. I mean, I will say like for me, owning it rather than having these licensing deals is so much more fulfilling. I feel like we were kind of on the same trajectory because I had a very similar partnership with Nordstrom and our contract ended December 2019. And then I went off on my own. And of course, the pandemic hit as well. So it was literally the exact same situation. So what would you say is your biggest inspiration behind the collections? Is it just like what you want to wear every single day? What you feel like your audience is asking for? Do your kids help you design any of the kids' clothing? So I would say my biggest inspiration is really the women who have supported and read my blog and followed me on social for years. And my sisters, myself, really, I designed for what would I wear? What would the women who follow me wear? And what would my sisters want to wear? I mean, and we look at WGSN and we follow the trends, but really the things that I'm always iffy about are always the slow sellers. And I'm like, so, so yeah, I'm you like, oh, know. yeah, I you don't know. know. It's people. just, I know what my audience wants, will want. But yeah. what's funny is sometimes that doesn't always translate to wholesale. So the dress that I was like, I don't know, but okay, that's really, then it does like, so well on wholesale. That does well right? on wholesale, so but not as well on the, on D to C. So anyway, it's just, it's really interesting. interesting. I feel that way with wholesale too. Like sometimes I'm like, there's no way they're going to pick this piece up. And then it's like what they order the most of. And I'm like, what? Like, yes. what? And then it, and then they like, they want more of it. And you're like, I don't understand, but they're so, they know exactly what their audience wants, you know? So it's, it's actually really interesting to watch. And maybe you feel this way, but I feel like when I'm designing, I'm like, okay, wholesalers are going to love this. This is a wholesale piece. And then this is an RP piece that all of my readers are going to be obsessed yep. with. And I feel like I'm designing collection like two different this is going to wholesale this is for it's so true Rachel Parcel girls (laughs) it's so true and sometimes I feel like we we put things on wholesale and then I'm like wait we actually we need to make that now for our site seeing how well it does yeah you know yeah it's like such a guessing game with yeah it really is I feel like what's your favorite piece in the collection right now or like what are you most excited to wear this summer that's a good question I can answer what my favorite piece was and I really wanted it and I don't know what happened, but it was the black long sleeve mini with like the bubble. It was like a bubble oh, yeah. skirt attached. I love that dress. So that was from our holiday collection. And so pretty. I think it was Sierra. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, wait. I think, C- okay, so Sierra's little girl wore it because that came in a mini me. And then so Serena cute. Williams did a reel. And she was like in her jammies with her daughter. And then it it like switched and she was in that dress. And I was like, okay, I've made it. Serena Williams is so cool. Do you still have the blog? Yeah. So it's all in, it's all connected into Rachel Parcell. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, I don't do, I don't post like I used to. I used to be doing recipes and lifestyle stuff. 
I have not taken an outfit picture. Isn't that sad? Years. I loved doing that. I don't remember the last time. Like I, it's so sad. I used to like, that was my day waking up and taking all of my blog. I know. I do feel like I have PTSD from changing in my car. (laughs) I know. Oh my God. When you have to like go change. Oh my God. And the outfits in the trunk. Yes. I just. Oh my gosh. I am so glad that I don't have to do that anymore. I know. I know. And also like the posing on the street and like everyone like watching. And like people looking at you. It's so that was my life. That was your life. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. How it's just it was changed. so my life. I'll drive past and I'll see like a girl on the sidewalk. Me too. And I'm, and like, I'm like, oh, oh that was me. That was so me. I know. I feel the exact same way. What do you look for in things to share on, on social media? Do, like, do you think about it? Like how, you know, people will perceive things or you just like post and don't think twice? No, honestly, I, I probably should think about it more, but I don't. Yeah. My my older sister is even more so like that than I am. And sometimes I'm like, Emily, did yeah. you mute that? What were we talking about? Like, don't post that. Right. Because you forget how many people are following you. Like, you don't think about yeah, it, Yeah, right? sometimes I think it's like this game. It's like, oh, no one's really looking. Yeah. And then... Like, we'll be at a basketball game and my husband's like, just so you know, like, more people are looking at your stories every day than are in this basketball arena. Brandon says the same thing. That is so weird. At a basketball game. Yes. He's like, you know, this is only, like, 50,000 people and, like, a mi- like that's, like, literally a tiny portion of what follows you. And I I'm like, know. what? And I look around. I'm like, there's so many people. Yeah. He's like, you know, that story you posted yesterday about whatever. He's like, yeah, more people looked at that than or I'm like, I forget. I know. I don't, I I think that's like a blessing though. Actually, it's like a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. Because I don't want to think about it. I feel like I wouldn't be like authentic if I did, but. My mom will call me all the time. She's like, Rachel, why did you post that? Why did you get in a fight with your sister on that live? That is so embarrassing. (laughs) They definitely don't understand it. My mom's like the same way. She's like, don't post that about your kid. Your mom's like your number one fan. Well, now she's gone on to Instagram. Now she's in it. I know. She's like a... She's an influencer. Yes, I love that. She's a full-on influencer. But she's like, her whole thing is like, she only posts like very like everything's very positive and beautiful which is totally fine but like I think she's coming around to like understanding why people also will share the not so perfect I feel like that's so our parents generation yeah like everything's everything's perfect and we have no problems yes no problems they they have their makeup on all the time like it's so their generation it's true yeah I do Do love that people now like the younger people are Willing to be more, I don't know. It doesn't have to Real. all be perfect. They'll share like the good yeah. and the bad. How do you feel about sharing your your personal life online? Like how has it, that experience been for you? I feel like some, I go back and forth. I mean, I definitely feel like I try and share personal things but like with my kids I feel like as my kids get older yeah the more I kind of pull back from sharing them I know same I I don't know it's hard too because when people are critical 
if I see something where someone's like criticizing me, I don't know, I see rude comments, I'll pull back more and I'll stop sharing as, you know, I keep it more about like my partnerships and the collection. Yeah. Yeah. And then as time will go on, I'll kind of like open up again. But I feel like it's kind of this. It's like an ebb and flow. That's saying. I do think some people criticize influencers for only showing the positive side and things like that. But I'm like, well, I feel like I, I did when I was younger. I was more open. And then you find all these things that people are saying about you. And then it does close you off. Yeah. To the point where you don't want to share the really personal things anymore. And it's upsetting because like you, there's way more people who are happy to follow those things and see those things. And it's almost like punishment to them. I know. Because we focus on the negative. negative. And it's so much easier to focus on the one negative. What is that? I don't know. It's, I know. I wish that I could just like let it go. And I've gotten better. But like, do you ever think about like just going private and just like keeping your community? Like sometimes like that's like, I wish I could do that. But with partnerships, it's just not, it's not ideal. You know? I always tell Drew, I'm like, honey, I cannot wait for the day that I can like close the gates go private and everyone will be like, what happened to that influencer girl girl from Utah? And I'm like living my best life privately. When would you ever, like, when do you feel like you would get to that point in your life? Like, would you, like, I, I feel the same way, but then I'm like, I wake up in the morning and like, I want to interact and like engage. And I'm like, what? I don't know if I actually would ever be able to. Yeah. Like I would miss it. That's what my husband tells me. He's like, Rachel, you would go private for a day and then you would be back to sharing. Because I will say innately, I am I love to share. I always have. Me too. Yeah. And so I think even if I wasn't an influencer, like I would still be active on my social media sharing things. Yeah, same. And so I don't know. Yeah, I mean. It's weird, right? So before we end the conversation, which it felt really fast, right? I feel like I have so many other things to talk to you about. What's your best advice for young bloggers, influencers who want to start their own businesses? I mean, I would say if you want to start something, again, like you just have to go for it. And I think when I started, a lot of people were laughing at me like, what in the heck is she doing? Frolicking on a sidewalk, taking pictures of herself. And I mean, now we're so used to seeing people's selfies and pictures on social media. But when we started, I feel like people weren't really doing that. I definitely think I got made fun of, but I just didn't care. And now I'm like, well, who's laughing now? Right. So I just, I think don't, don't be afraid of what other people will think. If you fail, like it's okay. I started multiple businesses that didn't work before this one stuck. And so I just think you have to be confident in what you're passionate about and just go for it. Like, go for it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then you won't regret that you didn't at least try. Right. A thousand percent agree. Yeah. And also I think like for me, when I first started, I don't know, like going back to what we were saying about like, do you overthink what you post? I would just be like, whatever, I'm posting it. And I think... I've heard some of my friends like how like 
you're so brave to post all that. Like I would be too nervous of what other people would think. So it's like, you just can't worry about yeah. that. Yeah. I agree. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you to all the listeners out there. You can reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you want us to bring on next. Just DM us on Instagram at something Navy and we'll see you next week. That's a wrap for today's episode of in-house. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple podcasts. So you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnas and at something Navy. See you next week.